Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to that Saturday night extravaganza the Sideline Junkies wrestling show starring your boy, the People's Choice Don Rodriguez, and my man, the man of the hour, the most electrifying co-host in all of podcasting, the KG. What's up, brother? What's happening, man? I can dig that. Hell yeah. What a gosh darn week we have had, in my opinion, as one of the best sports entertainment, wrestling, wrestling, whatever you want to call it, weeks that I have experienced in quite some time. I am so jacked, as everybody can tell, um, coming off of one of the best uh, NXT ta- uh, pay-per-views, war games that just happened tonight. So we are live pretty much with a war games post-wrap-up show, and then we got the shenanigans and the awesomeness of Raw and SmackDown to talk about, and on top of that, the road to WrestleMania begins tomorrow. We turn the engine and head on the way, thanks to that little pay-per-view called Survivor Series kicking off, and we got some picks to revisit and talk about and stuff, so woo, what up, man? And nothing much, man. I in in the words of Bobby Roode, this week has been glorious. Amen to that. So let's talk about some war games. Take over two. So, I mean, it, it started off crazy with uh, Matt Riddle coming down, calling out Cassius Ono, and then I don't know what just happened. I blinked. The next thing I know, Ono has been knocked the hell out by the knee hurt around the world. The Broski, or I like to call him the new Zack Ryder, uh, just kicked the, the the hog maul out of his face, and Ono was out. I caught bits and pieces. Oh, shoot. So, it was only like 30 seconds. So you have to go I, check that bit again. <laughs> I got to go back and really get into it. I've been trying to get ready for tomorrow, and just I'm still reeling off of Raw and SmackDown, so you gotta you gotta keep me uh abreast with this. Oh. All right, I'll cover takeover for you, man. But you need to stop worrying about that foosball now <laughs> that uh Daddy Vince's wrestling is about to kick into play. But uh yeah, that 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 kick when you see it, like it was really quick. It was hey, hey, boom, okay, well, goddamn. Let's move on to the next match, shall we? Um, and uh, they started off really with takeover having a phenomenal start being Kyrie Sane versus Shayna Baszler, two out of three falls. And for a women's match, it was as brutal as you can get. You had uh, Shayna catching the first fall, Kyrie getting the second. And in between that, we had some interference from um, Shayna's friends, her fellow MMA compadres. But ultimately, through what I thought was a great finish, Shayna got the, the second fall. Because Kyrie landed the elbow drop, but because it was so well scouted, Shayna took the bump and then rolled it into a roll-up for a three-count and then just pretty much snuck it. And it was a clean victory for that fall, in essence, even though you had all the different run-ins that was happening. Um, But throughout that entire match, the first thing that jumped into my mind in the midst of that was Mauro Ronaldo's commentary as hype as hell. I don't know what he was on if it was Red Bull, Life, whatever. But to me, he was channeling his inner Jim Ross mixed with a Lucha Libre commentator, and he was just going in. So <laughs> I was like, Mauro, you go ahead and do this tonight, brother. <laughs> but uh, that, that match, 
Uh, if you go back and watch that, it was really good for uh, uh, two out of three falls. Now, I will say, wasn't it was almost at the level of the Iron Man or Iron Woman match that we had um, in the past, but I mean, it was it was pretty darn good. You know what? I I, I caught uh, part of um, Shayna Baszler's uh, uh, post match interview, and <laughs> like looking at her, I'm like, "Jeez, yeah, she jacked!" I oh my god, when she comes up to the main roster, she's gonna cause a problem wherever she goes. Oh, I agree. I agree. The question is: Is she gonna be going one on one with Ronda Rousey? Or is she going to go on a SmackDown side? Or who knows? I mean, superstar shakeup, anything can happen. Anybody can be anywhere. So we'll have to wait and see exactly how that plays out. But then after that, they had what I'm calling right now one of two matches of the night. And if you didn't get a chance to watch this match, you need to go back, rewind it, courtesy of the WWE Network, only $9.99 a month. There's your plug for that one. Because Johnny Gargano versus Aleister Black, who had a sick jacket and was uh, channeling his inner Undertaker as he was coming down to the ring, was, my God. Uh, I, I, I had so many notes on the match. It was crazy. You know, Aleister having his Undertaker-esque intro, Johnny Gargano's 11th takeover, which was already momentous. Um, I called it midway through the first thing that popped in my head was strike force because I didn't know if I was watching MMA or if I was watching a wrestling match because they, they were strong styling it. I mean, it was smash mouth, catch as catch can, everything was, was in there. The crowd was, was explosive 50 50. Um, and what really surprised me, and I was so happy to see it finally, was Johnny Gargano was the aggressor and he was pushing the pace. Instead of being the one on the receiving end, Mick Foley-esque style, of all the, the, the damage and the bumps and the spots, he was actually putting in work and going toe-to-toe, motion-to-motion, minute-to-minute, segment-to-segment, cycle-to-cycle, whatever you want to call it, with uh, Alistair Black. For his size to be such a, a big, quick, limber big man is insane. And then uh, I related the two guys um, with Gargano being one hell of a worker. I called Alistair Black in my brain, uh, Lucha Libre Undertaker is how he was wrestling, if you could picture that. Yeah. And Johnny Gargano, I was thinking of him as a Malenko version of Dolph Ziggler. Just those correlations alone are already ridiculously insane, but to see that happening with you know two young stars in NXT that had definitely deserved to go to the main roster, Alistair Black shook my whole mindset on who should be replacing Taker. Uh, I'm sorry, um, Bray Wyatt, but you got some competition now. <laughs> I'm sorry. We, we, Gargano we gotta could just take Bray a beating. First. You said we got to do what? We got to get Bray back first. Oh, he's coming. Oh, yeah. January is not too far away, sad to say. Royal Rumble is not too far away. So he could be one of those surprise entrants. But um, go on, I, what were you going to say? I'm looking at this hellified knee that Alistair gave uh, Gargano. Oh, my and, God. Yeah, like, I got it on loop right now. I'm just trying to – I'm looking at it as just like, geez, the timing to catch him perfectly like that as he's doing a suicide dive outside the ring. Not only that, 
But let's talk about the level of skill because any one of those strikes that they hit with concussion or KO, if it was really, I know, let, let's be honest, you know, wrestling is a dance. <laughs> but if it was a real beef and somebody got potatoed, that's a knockout concussion blow several times over throughout the course of the match. So, you know, for those guys to take care of each other was amazing to watch, knowing that, you know, they were continuing. I mean, it didn't matter at the end of it who the hell won. The whole entire crowd was popping, and they were talking about this is awesome. We got a Mamma Mia chant. <laughs> I mean, you know, holy shit. I mean, everything was coming out uh, in the course of that match. So that was my first match of the night. Then... I wasn't expecting it to be this good. I mean, I'm already a mark for Velveteen Dream because, you know, he's a hometown boy, product of Maryland Championship Wrestling uh, from D.C. But, you know, his match versus Tommaso Ciampa, um, who is the 14th champion uh, to hold, or 14th person to hold the NXT championship, was mind-blowing. So I could even, at one point I was like, okay, maybe this is the second match of the night. But then I had to scratch that out and say, no, it's a co-match of the night because both of these matches were stealing the show. And I have to have a Velveteen Dream over shirt. <laughs> I got to get one. I thought I was like, oh, my God. Not only was he challenging in a Hulk, or excuse me, Hollywood Hogan, and the hair was on point, <laughs> but that shirt just put it over the top. And then they went move for move, blow for blow, blow for blow. But what really stuck out to me, and you don't see this this often in sports entertainment, Velveteen Dream, if he was to ever go to Dancing with the Stars, would win. I know that sounds crazy, but one thing you hear them talk about in Dancing with the Stars, especially Bruno, is extension of the limbs and – you know, how the picture that's painted and, and how you're stretched out. So he's like a taller Bret Hart. When Bret would hit, you would see the extension and you would see the full body into it to make the contact. And Velveteen would do the same thing in all of his motions. At first, I thought he was just trying to over-accentualize what he was doing to get that Prince, you know, niche in there. But no, that's just, you know, he's using his body to make everything look larger and more dynamic than it is in addition to him being as tall as he is. So I think he needs to put back on uh, call me up Vince tights <laughs> because my God, he needs to be called up right now. Mm. And so, so does Ciampa as well. Um, and did you get a chance to catch all the match? No, I'm, I'm, I, I got it loaded. So as soon as we finish this, I'm in there. Well, I feel for the folks in the, the front row because that was a product of the what I call one of the very few full moon roll-ups because everybody in that non-camera side uh, got a nice full moon or, you know, they got to see pretty much all of the Velveteen's dream <laughs> in their face when uh, Tommaso was pulling the tights. So I, I bust out laughing on that one, man. That was, that was crazy. But that was an exciting match. Uh, I was really hoping they would put the belt on dream, but mm-hmm. – you know, it, it was a good win. Like ah, but you know, if, if you had um, Alistair Black win, then I guess Champa had to win to kind of balance everything out. Uh, but you gotta it, see it. It's funny you say that about 
Velveteen Dream being from DC. I didn't, I, you know, I'm doing a little research. Leo Rush is from Lanham. Yeah. I didn't know Leo, Leo Rush. Is a little, all day, baby. Hey. Because I'm like, it's the reason why I like Leo Rush. And I guess I found, I found out why I like Leo Rush. Because he's a hometown boy. Uh, Introducing him. And finally, we, we talked. I talked about it with a cousin of mine. He wanted to go to wrestling school so bad, but had to go out of state. And I say, as soon as you get to the age where, you know, wrestling is no longer performing, is no longer, you know, tops, that's when you got the big wrestling schools and the uh, MCW training center and everything. Mm-hmm. And MCW's up and running. I said, man, I think we was born a little too early. That's all. Well, no, we just didn't realize because if I could go back in time, I definitely would have went in because knock on wood, if everything went well, you got called from that point from MCW and the OVW. You've been part of the John Cena, Randy Orton, Batista, Brock Lesnar class. Yeah, <laughs> and that's been one hell of a grouping to be part of at this point, age-wise, uh, to be a Hall of Famer. So that shoot, I wish I could turn back the call a share. I could turn back time. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> but uh, and then you had the namesake, which was War Games, which did not disappoint. Unfortunately, the <sighs> my team did not win. They did not shock the system with this one and win the daggone takeover. But it was one hell of a hell of a brutal, brutal match. The Undisputed Era, unfortunately, just on the losing end of it. So we kind of glanced over that really quickly and smoothly and efficiently because that's just one chunk of what the hell happened this week. Then now we got to do the old-fashioned rewind flashback and start off with Raw, the go-home show for Survivor Series, and then just start with the mind-blowing craziness of what the heck was going on from what we thought was going to be the Battle Royal to determine who was going to be the captain of the tag team to Braun Strowman coming down and just stopping all that, then doing a (laughs) sit-in, which I didn't think I would see Braun Strowman ever do, waiting on uh, Baron Corbin, my girlfriend Stephanie comes out, and she kind of pulls rank. And then next thing you know, here comes Baron Corbin, because uh, Stephanie brokered a deal with Braun. If he helps the team win at Survivor Series, then he will get Baron Corbin with any stipulation, but he can't touch Baron Corbin until, and in typical heel fashion, Corbin came down to say, you can't touch me, let me talk some trash type of thing. Then Ronda Rousey comes out, snatches the mic, but I'm sorry, the Becky chants were just putting her down. Mm-hmm. She tried to talk some trash, but Becky was just oh, 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 over. And, you know, that's just one crazy opening segment. And that started the tone for the week, in my opinion, because you felt that intangible WrestleMania-ness in the air, and it just exploded from the rest of the show from there. You know something I thought about? I, I was like, you know what? When I seen Braun Strowman come out there and <laughs> he said, this message is brought to you by, he stopped. I was like, these hands. The New World Order. Oh, oh shoot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That has been awesome. 
that, that that's what I thought he was gonna say, and I was like, he didn't go that way. I'm like, come on, these hands would have got you a bigger pop than mm-hmm. the monster among men. Come on, man. But that whole thing with Baron Corbin, I think he's he he gonna catch his after Survivor Series Monday. He gonna catch his. Y'all know we got to make some picks. We got to make some picks on that one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's. I don't know. We'll talk about it. But that was the opening segment, which was actually a longer, in my opinion, opening segment that I've seen in quite some time. So I was happy with that. And so I guess they they negotiated well with USA to get a little bit extra runtime to be able to make that happen. And then we go into dun 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 something that we texted about. It was uh, my entrance music namesake, Tamina, versus your boo, Ember Moon, with Nia Jax, your other boo, at ringside. And let me say this. That whole match, sadly, was the Ember Moon show. Because I was trying to figure out, like, does Tamina know she's back on wrestling? Because I did not see the Tamina I wanted to see in reference to movement, performance ability. I know that sucks. Unless the plan was just to to make Ember look so good that the only necessary option was for the interference to catch the win. But Ember put in work in that match. I was like, man. You know, until she did the suicide dive and hit Nia Jax, and Nia was like, "Did you just touch me?" <laughs> and that ended that right there. I was shocked that she did it, but it's like Nia just stood up and just looked at her like, "What are you doing?" That yeah. that it's like it didn't even phase her. It's like she went Jay Z on to brush her shoulders off, it, yep. pretty much. <laughs> but Tamina looked very stiff in that match. Now I did watch that. I watched that twice, but she looked very stiff. Like she's yeah. just trying to she trying to shake the ring rust off. I agree. Maybe she should shake that outfit off. We talked about that a couple weeks ago and get something different so that she can I don't know, man. Looks like she's in a daggone broken straight jacket. I don't know if that's what you're going for, but at least make the straight jacket a different color. <clears throat> something, you know, just like dang, you look like uh a ninja that's just in retirement. You gotta work that out. <laughs> that that it's just not working anymore. When you were a bodyguard, if you pull in the Mr. Hughes file, I got you. But if you're going, I'm in my own performance lane, that's not working. You know, that, ask Natalia. She learned her lesson. You are part of a dynasty. Do I want to look like this and be a mid-card or, or worse status? Or do I want to jazz my look up and reinvent myself and build a brand and now – I'm in higher performance things. I'm in Survivor Series matches. I got a title run, all these things. It took time, but she got it. Perseverance won out on that one. So, to me, it needs to work that same way. But Ember Moon, strong. The end of it was expected. You know she was catching a beat down. Yeah. When you saw how strong she was, like, yeah, you, you know you're going to catch this L, right? I don't know what to tell you, but it's going to be ugly. And it was. And speaking of ugly... Then we rolled into, when we came back from commercial, the Seth Rollins promo interview with Corey Graves. So you already knew something was going to go down with that because you got an announcer in the ring, and we know we got the Dean Ambrose thing going. But Dean's promo, I said it a couple weeks ago, that potentially billing him as the next Stone Cold 
Mm-hmm. So him burning the shield jacket and him saying the shield made me weak. Nothing about, oh, Seth, I remember when you turned on me and I never forgot. She was like, the shield made me weak. I'm stronger on my own. And he referenced Roman. Roman made me weak, you know. And did he play with the crowd with that? Well, maybe I am sorry for what I did. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> so Dean played his thing right. And if they keep writing for him to go that way for the plan, he could fit that stone cold lane then from there you just got to have the, the larger than life counterbalance for the mr mcmahon authority side which would be the roman reigns seth is going to have to be that middle person in between but the real battle and the real feed off is going to be dean ambrose with the hopeful roman reigns payoff and that will be the, the the shield confrontation that i would like to see it's funny you you said about him being going into that stone cold lane, but the first thing I thought about when he burnt the vest, and I don't know why it popped in my mind when the Rock went and joined the corporation, and everybody kept asking why Rocky why, <laughs> and I said that's just, it, it, it's like why Dean why, because nobody wants to see the Shield break up again, but for it to happen, that's the first thing that I thought of. And I was like, it's pretty much the same thing on another level, but it's keeping up with him going into that Stone Cold. Event. It's why, Dean, why? Because there's nothing for the Shield to do. They don't need to be broken. I mean, they don't need to be together. No. They, they're making room for the next true iteration of the Four Horsemen, which is the Undisputed Era. They're going to call all four of them boys up at the same time, kind of like they did with Sanity, but they're going to go to Raw, and they're going to dominate. Mostly because of Adam Cole being my Cole's son, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> uh, there's nepotism in this polis right there, but um, yeah, that, that, that Dean side of things. Seth, I guess, played his role well with the, uh, the humble victim, but Dean really is driving in that lane, and I hope they continue to curate that all the way up to WrestleMania with a, a good payoff, not just a one-on-one -on -one match between the two. If there's going to be anything, it needs to be some lunatic fringe-style match or Falls Count Anywhere, TLC, Hell in a Cell, whatever they can book for those two at Mania. Uh, then we kind of had an interesting moment where the unexpected happened and Drew McIntyre had one of the best promos he's done in quite some time. Wasn't expecting it. I was expecting Dolph to, to do his thing and Dean to say a couple words and that was it. But Drew led the promo and it was good from beginning to end talking about first they broke the shield then he broke Kurt Angle. I mean, he really built the, the, the alley-oop that he got from Angle well enough to even eclipse Finn Balor coming out and, and trying to, to combat that. Unfortunately, I wish Balor would have been a little bit more dominant instead of he says something and then he smiles. I would rather him come out with a little bit more, here you go, Vince, ruthless aggression and 
that would have been a great component right there because that would set up uh, very soon the Demon versus Drew, and that that would culminate that the end of that feud. But I, I was uh, excited to see that. And then he said, "You know what? You're not going to face me. You're going to face this guy, Dolph Ziggler." <laughs> and that that's how that led into the Dolph and um, Finn Balor match. You know, uh, Renee Young, uh, she says something. She said, I don't know how to take that. Is that a shot at Dolph? Mm-hmm. Because, you you know, you're not going to wrestle me. You're not on my level. You're going to wrestle Dolph. Whoa, hold up. What? 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 The word? what? And don't, that's all I can think of. I, was, I, I sat there for a minute. I think it's like, a double whammy. Yeah. Because Dolph is still suffering from identity crisis as well. You know what? I think Dolph needs to do one thing, and that will change his next evolution. Change his boots. Mm? That's it. Mm. Change his boots. Why? Everyone is asking. Because his boots are almost the same carbon copy as HBK's boots. His moveset is pretty much carbon copy with a little bit of spins here and there of HBK's moveset. His finisher is Sweet Chin Music. <laughs> you know, the thing, I mean, everything else in there, you know, he may have tweaked a little bit, but let's be honest. That's Shawn Michaels. That Michaels is. even said he, would, he wants him to find an identity that is true to Dolph Ziggler. But in order to do that, the first thing you need to do is remove the one thing that is Shawn Michaels-esque, and that's his boots. Change the boots, and then the attitude will start to change because now you're wrestling in, I guess, kind of sounds kind of cliche, but somebody else's shoes. You know, it's like, whose boots are these? They're yours, man. Make it something. And then let's see where you go from there. But right now he's wrestling as Shawn Michaels with a cool slide, but then there's a super kick coming out somewhere. Oh, yeah. That's. You know, I don't know. I, I, mean, I, I like Dolph Ziggler, but I would really like to see him get the level of heat that he had when he was a heel back in the day on SmackDown. When he had the championship, I mean, he was on fire. And if we can recapture that, I would be so excited. But he's got to change his boots. You know, the vibe I've always got from Dolph is uh... – a little bit Shawn Michaels, a little bit Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, um, a little bit, jeez, uh, 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 um, I'm about to say Billy Kidman. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 God, I can't even think of his name. Mr. Ass. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, Billy Gunn. Yeah, Billy Gunn. Yeah. I, I, I got, that's the, the vibe I've always got from him. And now he's yeah, he's, well, he he's did use the famous sir. Exactly. And that's that's they calling it now. I'm like, hold on, wait. That was something else. You called that something else like two years ago. Come on now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's just we need him to to discover who he is and then take it there because he's still got more opportunity to do something. It just has to be in that right mold and I don't know what it is because they've tried to reboot it and he's tried to reboot it several times 
even, you know, the, the most recent one I thought was kind of cool is where he, his music would start and then you would hear a screech and then he would just come out, you know, that, that effect of not having anything to come out to after I'm about to give it to you, but I'm not. I'm like, okay, we can build off of that. But then that was left to the wayside. So I don't know. I don't know what, what the deal is, but I, I would like to see more from Dolph sooner than later. You got to. Because it's getting to the point, he's starting to get stale again. But yeah. that's just my, my opinion. I just, it's like uh, uh, Drew McIntyre has eclipsed him. He was the, the yep. headline. Now, Drew McIntyre didn't eclipse him, and what's to be next? Well, what's next is this little note that I had to myself after the next segment, which was a Ronda Rousey backstage promo. And I put a little note saying a Ronda heel turn would be awesome. We still got a little bit of ways to go, but she needs to go heel. And when she does, it's going to be ridiculous. She did have a couple of good moments when she was talking about Becky calling her the millennial man. <laughs> I laughed hard. like, oh, my gosh, this is getting crazy. But um, end up having a, Nia Jax approaching her, but this time with Tamina on the flank saying, good luck, champ. So that's setting up the, you know, you're going to lose this belt, right? Mm-hmm. The second time, because the first time Ember Moon's going to come out and nullify Tamina, which is going to allow Ronda Rousey to win. But the second time, I think they would have beaten Ember Moon down enough that Ember is going to be like, it's better to be with them than to get the beat down by these two chicks. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Then we had the Riot Squad uh, come out. There was, you know, Ruby Riot, great promo, talking about how she broke uh, Jim Nighthard's glasses and, you know, looked sorry and then turned it around and was psych. Great. <laughs> Her facial expressions, everything was spot on. She played that well. The match with Natalia, with Natalia running in from behind, was spot on. That was good for Natty. The numbers game jumped in. Then we had Sasha and Bailey come out, which we knew all that stuff was going to happen. But the cool spots that I saw was Ruby and Sarah Logan doing a heart attack on Natty. So using those type of heart foundation moves on Natalia to really drive home the message of we're anti-establishment CM Punk. We do whatever we want to do, CM Punk. We're going to throw it in your face, CM Punk. We're the best right here they're working on that, but CM Punk. So it's like uh, Ruby Riot is the female CM Punk that they're kind of trying to mold, except Ruby just as part of a group. I don't know if that's what you got from it, but that's what I saw. Well, during this match, I was I watched it live, so I was on Twitter, and after everything, I'm not gonna say match, but after everything had transpired, man, the heat that the Riot Squad gets. Oh, my God. I had to tell one guy, I said, that's the whole reason that makes them so good, because you hate them that much. He was like, I can't stand Ruby Rye's face. I can't stand her facial expressions. I can't stand anything about her. I said, ah. And he was like, really upset. go back to her black hair. I don't like that she, I mean, unless that was her decision, but I feel like she conformed to, to change her look. I like the, the, the emo, tattooed, dark look. I think that fit her. 
a little bit more than the, the lighter hair color. And cause you got Liv Morgan for that. Mm-hmm. Sarah Logan's in her lane, you know, as game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> so Ruby being that centerpiece of the, the black hair, uh, I thought was really good, but we'll see what happens. I don't know. But, but yeah, that, that was a good promo. Good match. But that, that the heart attack was just, uh, you got to practice that, ladies. I'm sorry. It yeah, yeah. Pretty true, bad. Ruby's contact with that. Her arm wasn't. Her her arm wasn't stiff enough when she made the. It didn't look like contact. So mm-hmm. I agree with that. It could have been a, a little bit tighter. But overall, it was pretty good. It was a decent segment. Good match. Sasha and Bailey is like whatever you know. That that's just. Everybody else is like extra players in that from what they're building with Ruby versus Natty and they can keep building. But I would like to see Natty do something to Ruby that would spark Ruby to get madder and then they would just ping pong that back and forth. But what that would be, I have no idea because not like cutting her hair would do anything because half of her head is shaved. So it's, uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to figure that one out. Maybe borrow her rent a car and put some cat poop on her or something. I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of poop, we had the tag team battle royal again, and Bobby Roode and Chad Gable won. Okay, and we move on because it was really like whatever. Who cares? Let's get to the most important part of Raw. Walk Actually, with Elias. Almost. Oh, almost. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Almost. almost. I just wanted to go ahead and get you riled up. Make sure that you were with me. <laughs> Brock Lesnar. Coming out, and Paul Heyman did his thing, talking about beating AJ. And uh, what I love, and I don't even know if, well, I was happy Paul Heyman, let me put it that way, went off script. But he referenced Hotel California, and then he turned right around and said, oh, and for all you kids that don't know the reference to Hotel California, Google it, bitches. I was like, oh, snap. He's going to get in trouble for that, but yes. Yes, yes. All I did was ECW chance at that moment. It didn't matter what happened. I mean, the Jinder Mahal thing, you knew he was getting that five. It was funny. Now, how he beat the hell out of the Singh brothers, I was ready to go call the police on that one. That was a crime, the way he was taking them board to Suplex City. Jesus, the, they should have been broken necks. Jim Ross should have been jumping out of the, the stands talking about, you killed him. You killed him. You killed Stone Cold. Stone. I mean, it was it was that was ugly. But yeah, Google it, bitches. <laughs> like yes, all yes. Thank you, sir, for doing what you need to do. Butts are in the seats now. You just made your paycheck again, Paul Heyman. Hey, he never fails to do it. Uh, but uh, I think this is right here is going to set up some. I think uh, Braun Strowman to be phased out. As far as Universal Championship contention and Jinder Mahal to be back where he should have been when he first came to Raw. And that's, you know, top of the pecking order. Yep. Well, Jinder still got it. He was a great heel. They they booked it well, great champion. Everything flowed well. It's just that the machine wanted to start pushing AJ Styles and really get him to fill John Cena's shoes as quick as possible. So, Jinder had to lose the belt. Well, is what had to happen. Now, somebody else that could 
screw it up for gender is the WWE. And we know what WWE stands for. What does it stand for, KG? Oh, you tell me. I'm, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat waiting for this one. Oh, walk with Elias, baby. <laughs> I just wanted to Elias hit. is so freaking over right now. He Really, he doesn't need to wrestle. No. At all. Come out every week at the concert. Awesome part of it. He doesn't need to wrestle. He is just that over. They would be okay with him just hitting somebody with the guitar, one, two, three, and he's now champion. If he doesn't have an IC title at some point very soon, I don't know what the hell's going on. At that point, that is mismanagement. Um, what notes did I have on there? Oh, God bless. When he started cutting a promo on Leo Rush, acting like he was calling Child Protective Services. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, you can't ask for anything better than this. I was happy to see Bobby Lashley took the mic and said, hey, come get your ass beat. But, you know, the fact that um, it, it was just starting, I thought it was going to be not as good of a segment. But the, the, the way the crowd was popping got me excited for Elias. And then that, that thing with the child protective services would led to Bobby getting mad. And then Elias just throwing Leo Rush uh, to Bobby. <laughs> like, Jesus, just threw that poor boy was even more hilarious. So, man, he's just over. Yes. Just, man. And, you know, say about it. he's just over. I'll say about three, four months ago, it was very annoying. But to see him come out there every week and never gets a chance to get through his whole song. Mm-hmm. But the way the crowds react to him, you see the lights go up. And then you hear everybody, oh, walk with the liars. Like, I, I, I sat there and I was just like, yeah, I, I'm with it. I'm on a train. You, you, you got to thank the UK for that, though. That, that's all UK. If the UK had to mark uh, hard for him and started that chant, then it wouldn't have been big. If the UK wouldn't have popped for Bailey back then, wouldn't have been that big. If the UK and the Canadians wouldn't have just yelled out two, you know, wouldn't have been that big. So that, that that's big ups to the UK for really helping to drive that because it just caught on, it worked, and then it just grew. And it just became like a, a cult phenomenon now or, or a pop culture phenomenon where you just want to be a part of it just to do it. Kind of like, you know, the Bray Wyatt Firefly thing. Yeah. But good for him. Now, that's something I miss right there. I need, I need Bray to come back because the Fireflies is missing him. He's coming, man. He's coming. Well, let's talk about something that is going to be interesting. And unfortunately, I already know how this match is going to end at SummerSlam because we had the segment with Alexa naming her team, which in the beginning it was Tamina, Naya, Mickey, James, Natalia, who was off dealing with her emotions and then she alluded to a match between Sasha and Bailey for the the last component which like yeah we know that that's probably not going to happen and it didn't because they ended up beating down both girls and naming Ruby Riot but the first thing I looked at when I saw that was wait a minute this is this raw team is all heel 
really? Sounds like there's going to be an easy win on a morality scale when it comes to Survivor Series. Like, well, we've got a heel team and a mixed team. Mm, we'll talk about the picks in a little bit and discuss that. But uh, I just thought that was interesting that as a whole heel team. And then we had the right hand heard around the world. <laughs> Amen to that. Becky Lynch, the invasion. Tell me what you think of it. I know we, we tweeted about it, but tell me what you thought about Becky and, and the right hand and, and the disarmor on Rhonda, all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> I was shocked that they showed up. But then once they, you know, once the hands get thrown, you know, it's going. But I think Nia is getting a lot of unjust heat. They say she's getting a lot of backstage heat. Then I'm reading on uh, Instagram, reading comments and stuff like that. And, oh, well, she needs to go back to development or needs to be suspended. How many people has she hurt and how many people has she injured? And she needs to be fired. And I'm like, oh, God, are we starting this? You don't say that about anybody else. You didn't say that when the Bellas are kicking people in the head, knocking them out. But as soon as it's Nia, come on, get off my girl back. That's number one. Number two, you put it into perspective for me when I text you about it. And it, I was like, you know, it kind of messes up Survivor Series. But you put it into perspective to the point that she's going to have that defining moment i.e. Stone Cold against Bret Hart, never tapping out but bleeding out in the middle of the ring. Mm -hmm. So, but Becky takes the right hand, is bruised, but still keeps going. She's still, you know, going. She got blood on her face and she is still in there getting it it in. Like you say, this is built upon her legend. Yep, it was it was awesome. Even when she wiped her nose, uh, had a handful of blood, and just flicked it down to the mat outside of the ring. I was like, "That's just G." And what uh, he was, what I tweeted to KG was two things, and that was the fact that that broken nose it was equivalent with all the blood to Red Hart having Stone Cold and a sharpshooter, and the blood is running down, even though that was a blade, um, but. The, the blood was running down, and it made that so dynamic. It made it to where we're obviously still talking about it to this day in the same vein as Hell in a Cell and other major things, table lads and chairs and stuff like that. Becky, the, the blood on her face, because think about it, she's an Irish last kicker, <laughs> brave heart. You know, we're talking, you know, that Game of Thrones feel, all these, you know, big old beasts and warriors, and she's out there. Yeah, she just got caught. It wasn't intentional. It was accidental. She was just close. There was no way to pull the punch. I don't think Nia knew she was going to be that close when Becky came in. It happens. The battle royal type of uh, feel, even though it wasn't a true battle war. So it, things happen. I mean, it's not the first time somebody's got caught, like you talked about. But she continued on just like the guys would, which is expected for the guys. For the girls, I'm quite sure, and I know we're in this evolution and revolution, but still the mindset is the girls probably would have been like, oh, my God, I'm hurt. 
I can't continue, I need to roll out, or, you know, I got a concussion, or I have to go in the back, or whatever. Becky's like, dude, I'm about to pop you again. Let's go. Let's do this thing. I'm not finished. I know we have to sell the tickets, put the butts in the seats. Survivor Series, this is the go-home show. This invasion angle is important, so let me complete it. And then the look and the blood and everything as she's going up and walking up, and she's all jazzed and, and hyped. You can see the adrenaline going through the roof. Beautiful, unscripted, unedited, unexpected television that at the end of the day, yeah, hey, Naya, I'm quite sure she apologized. Everybody knew it was an accident. But for the Becky side of things, that was a defining moment in her career that on her Hall of Fame highlight reel, it will be on there. It will be on compilation discs. It will be on one of the most brutal things that have happened in wrestling DVDs and all this other stuff that has cemented where she is because of how she carried it and didn't break her, her, her role at the moment. And it made also Nia Jax look good. So now you've got a beef with Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey, which is hardcore. So the extra added mile for this incident or unfortunate incident is Ronda Rousey, her job was to beat people up and make them bleed in MMA. So a bigger woman than Ronda hit Becky. Becky had her nose broke, and Becky still G'd out. What does that say on Ronda? Hey, we can go toe-to-toe. We can build this for WrestleMania now because we have an MMA star and somebody just got a molly wop, and then they can fight. Then... We've got the other side love triangle of Ronda Rousey has a championship. Nia Jax has a championship shot. Superstar Shakeup could put Becky on the same show. So now you've got a triple threat option here because Nia and Becky has unfinished business because you just punched me in the face, chick. I owe you one. So it just exploded into, if I was scripting it, a lot going on in the Royal Rumble because those three could be in one place at one time, even though we have another pay-per-view to go through. Um, And I'm not talking about past Survivor Series. Um, But there's a lot of elements that can be happening in between everything. And I I know it sucks that when we're about to start talking about SmackDown now that she had to relinquish her opportunity. I was hoping that they would pull the Trish – Stratus thing where she had to have the face mask on. Mm-hmm. But I guess it was a little bit too severe. Even though in a little video documentary, the little six-minute snippet, she was telling, uh, I think it was her mom, that you know her nose is broken, but it's still straight. But I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's not going to work, and she can't perform because it's too soon for safety reasons. Whereas back in the day, oh, she'd have been out there. She'd have had, they'd have taped her face up, crazy glued it, whatever they need to do when you go out there and put that work in. But it just, man, I was, and I know it sucks and it, it, it sucks to say this, but I'm so happy it happened because it took her from being the Becky Lynch that took forever to get the championship back. And she's been champion. She was the first champion and it took forever to get the belt back to now she's going to be multiple time champion because she was able to continue unlike anybody else has seen from the women thus far. I, I can't speak any highly of that 
segments. That was the way you end Raw, period. You know what? That shot of her smiling with blood on her face needs mm-hmm. to be put on a T-shirt. Now, when when it happened to Stone Cold against Bret Hart, you had blood the blood from a Stone T-shirts. And that was one of the best-selling Stone Cold T-shirts, you know, uh, I think of the 90s or the late 90s. Because I, I remember it was even on uh, WWF Attitude. It was on the video games that you could actually put that shirt on. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to get credit for this, but if I was going to book the shirt, it'd be saying uh, broken nose equal broken bones, Irish last kicker. That's why we started the movement. Hashtag give Don a chance. <laughs> now put me in the merchandising department, please. Hold, hold on. Broken nose. <laughs> broken nose equal broken bones. Irish last kicker. Uh, I'm writing this down. Would he provide a graphic art that and t- uh, uh, tweet that to Becky? Broken <laughs> nose equal broken bones. You know what? Irish last kicker. That will be tweeted to her tonight. <laughs> oh, that, that that'll be awesome. So now we go to SmackDown. AJ Styles comes out talking about his 371 days as champ, and then lo and behold, guess who comes to put more butts in the seats and cement everything was the man, the myth, the legend, AJ Styles. But him alluding to uh, unsettled feud with Daniel Bryan was interesting. I'm like. Okay, I mean, you know, DB lost. We we know why he lost because he wasn't at uh, Crown Jewel, and you know why are they driving this Daniel Bryan thing like that. But then Daniel Bryan came out, and he did something not Daniel Bryan ish. And I'm not even talking about back in the day what Team Hell No. I'm saying not Daniel Bryan ish. He told AJ Styles. You mention my name one more time, and I'll punch you in the face. Just think about that. We went from the Yes Movement to him retiring to him coming, well, being general manager, to him coming back, resurging the Yes Movement to I'll punch you in the face. Hmm. I'm down with that. (laughs) I'm down with that. Now, AJ says something that makes him look good, and he still punches him in the face. So now we've got a beef that is going back and forth, spawns into the the backstaging area. Shane makes a match for AJ versus Daniel Bryan, and the first thing I think is, oh, I got you now, Paul Heyman, if we were doing a booking thing like that because what's the lesser of the two evils? AJ Styles, who almost beat Brock Lesnar, or Daniel Bryan, who, if he goes to Suplex City, may never walk again. Uh, not looking good for Daniel Bryan right now. Not at all. <laughs> I'm just... I, I just feel like this is... You know how I feel about Samoa Joe. I feel this is, this is Samoa Joe's spot. And... Daniel Bryan that came in and usurped it. So, yeah, I'm 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 not going to get I'm not going to get that title run. Samoa Joe is it's it's gone. But if it had to go somewhere, I like where it's going. It's not like it's it's going to be lost 
Samoa Joe still got time, but this right here is lightning in a bottle, and it can go a lot of different ways, and it's a cash cow because it can spawn over in a Total Bellas, it can spawn over in a Total Divas, it can spawn at a John Cena's return, it can do a lot of things for Daniel Bryan and the Bella Twins, a lot of things. Can you imagine Daniel Bryan running in on Randy Orton? <laughs> and just beating down Randy Orton, just catching him with the knee just because Randy Orton said, yeah, and, you know, I ain't beat Daniel Bryan, and he just get kicked in the face. That's his shtick. You said my name. You know you're catching this. And just out of nowhere, here comes Daniel Bryan. Bing! You know, that, that, that could be a whole thing if they wanted to do that. It, it's a lot of different elements that they could do. But before we get to that whole match, we had, in my opinion, one of the coolest moments of the night during uh, Andrade Cien Almas versus Jeff Hardy, who still won a match. But when Jeff whipped uh, Andrade into the ropes and he caught himself the way he normally does sideways, and then my girl, Zelina Vega, slid under and did the pose underneath him, I was like, that's some gangster behind <laughs> stuff. I can't say what I want to say because, you know, they PG and maybe we have – younger kids listening to the podcast but that was some gangster stuff <laughs> right there like man that's when you know you got a ride or die chick when she just jumped in and slide under the ropes don't even belong in the match just under the ropes I, Jeff Hardy was like what the hell is this <laughs> like yes that's 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 a moment right there that he could build off of I like to see him versus Rey Mysterio and they just tap all into that triple A Lucha Libre this. So we had a quick little thing about Miz and Paige back, you know, uh, Miz pulling Daniel Bryan off and doing all these things, which again led to what we already know is going to be the title match. And then we went to Shinsuke Nakamura's promo, which was kind of unsettling because he really couldn't say Seth well. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh my God. It's like, Shinsuke, when did you get the worst lisp in the world? Like, I don't get it. 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 We should have a real if John Cena can learn Mandarin, Oscar, uh, Shinsuke, Kyrie Sane, they should be able to cut a good promo by now. I'm just saying. saying. They could do what uh, uh, Taka Michinuko used to do overdub and then have somebody come in. Indeed. Yep. I love Funaki. <laughs> I love Funaki. That was just, that was just awesome. Uh, then we had the Miz versus Rey Mysterio, who Rey got one up on Randy Orton. Randy Orton at the end of the match slid in, trying to catch Rey with the RKO. Rey Mysterio moved out the way, got out the ring. Miz turns around. Oh snap! RKO right there. He's knocked out. Huh. You know, a little moment. I. I... I want to see more of Randy Orton because same way I feel about Samoa Joe, I think Randy Orton is should be top of the pecking order. Number one, third generation superstar. When you got a third generation superstar, I thought, you know, hey, they, they got caught blanche around here. But I understand some of the troubles that Randy has had outside of the ring, outside of WWE. But the dude's a talent. Long time ago. Yeah. yeah. 
he needs a role. Randy Orton operates good when he's in a role that he needs to play. He doesn't have a role yet. Going up and, you know, just doing run-ins and beating people down, that's not a role. That's just a function of getting him on TV at the moment. There's no clear, defined role for Randy Orton yet. And it needs to have somebody to play off of to be able to unleash the Viper and to have these great matches. And there's nobody there other than maybe The Miz that I think could do it because The Miz can talk and sell it. And then Randy Orton can do the wrestling part and sell it. And they could actually make magic happen if under the right circumstances. Well, I, I think the legend killer may be coming back because he trolled Ken Shamrock on Twitter the other day. And he, Ken Shamrock said, you know, be afraid because I'm coming for the heavyweight belt. And he, Randy just got him. He was like, I don't know what you're talking about. He spelled belt B-E-A-L-T. He said, I don't even know what that is. So <laughs> who's supposed to be scared? I said, oh, man. And so I think something. Next, um, I'm, I'm training with Royce Gracie. So how about that, Tim <laughs> Shamrock? Well, you remember UFC 1, buddy. <laughs> Royce beat the ass. <laughs> Choke your hell out. So you keep talking that trash. I go to do some Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, and you can get that BLT, and then you'll be good to go. <laughs> you know what? That right there, that, that's one of the things that changed my whole opinion on Ken Shamrock. I'll say that. And he was so good, too, back then. But, yeah, and UFC 1, that was a problem. He just, yeah. We we all know the product of UFC 1. That was, oh, we could grapple? Shut the front door. Okay, <laughs> let's start learning that. <laughs> Thank you, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. So then we um, ended up going to the, the hallmark of the night, which was uh, Paige calling all the women down and Becky talking about how she was unable to compete. And I love the man T-shirt, by the way. This is obviously been a week of T-shirts I need to buy, so I can't wait for the next uh, promotion to happen. But she ended up picking – oh, I'm sorry. Uh, she told Ronda Rousey that Ronda is not the baddest bitch on the planet. You're the luckiest. And you know what? I believe it. I'm sorry. Because if Ronda can't throw the, the bows like that, yeah, Becky's going to beat you. I'm sorry. She's just going to. If you can't connect that punch properly, Rhonda, yeah, you're going to catch that L because Becky may disarm her for real. And I know that sounds crazy, but that's a, a Royce Gracie versus a Ken Shamrock moment in truth as a second callback to that one. But she picked Charlotte. I would have loved to to known what was said in Charlotte's ear because – I mean, it was a natural, dang it, why are all these little puns and, and segues happening? It was a natural selection <laughs> for Charlotte to be picked because it made sense. There's nobody else on that roster second to Naomi, but Naomi's not hardcore enough. I know that sucks, but she needs to go to the Uso Penitentiary and come out hardcore, and she would have been my number one pick because I think athletically she could beat Ronda, because she could tire Ronda out. She could pull the um, Muhammad Ali and rope dope her and wear her out. Because Ronda has not had a 30 that I've seen, a 30, 40-minute match, you know, three commercial break level match or anything like that as of yet. Right. That is true. Quick hot tags. 
she's gone in, but, you know, she's taken a little bit of a beating, but that's maybe, what, five to seven minutes. And then next thing you know, she does her little jujitsu stuff, and then it kind of comes back into it. But she has not had anybody stretch her for the long haul in a match and tell a great story as of yet. And that's what I was expecting to see out of Becky. Uh, I don't think we're going to get it out of Charlotte in that aspect because Charlotte is still learning how to tell a long story like her dad could tell a long 45 hour, hour and a half long story in the course of a match. And that's what we really need to see out of Ronda to solidify her becoming a sports entertainer is the story that you can tell in a longer span and make people believe that you are vulnerable and you are almost about to win, AKA you need to watch NXT takeover tonight, Velveteen dream versus Alistair. I'm sorry, versus um, Tommaso Ciampa or Johnny Gargano versus Alistair Black. And look at those matches and how they told those long stories of just brutality. If they watch that and then get motivated and inspired to put together a match for tomorrow, that would be amazing between Charlotte and Ronda. But the Becky-Ronda match would have been better. Well, we, we, we had that going a totally different way. I had Ronda, you had Becky. Oh, yeah, we're going to cover that next. Okay. Because everything changed. Everything then changed. And I'm glad you just said that because the last thing I put at the end of my SmackDown notes was that the landscape of the road to WrestleMania is new thanks to the women. Because it's not that the women are just going through, oh, it's the, the you know, the first time ever. So it's, it's just a different vibe that is happening in sports entertainment as a whole because of the women, because of how they're able to approach it. And I know it sounds crazy, but to me it's like a more animalistic way. It's almost like you're watching Animal Planet or, or Discovery Network or something like that where you see the, the lioness who does the hunting and she's eyeing a gazelle and then she's just creeping up. And next thing you know, just wah, and they're going at it. And you're like, I, this is wild. And I can't believe, I, run, man, run. But at the same <laughs> time, you're like, no, you need to catch that fool. Get that. They're running too fast. Eat that mofo. You know, <laughs> if you want to see it. It's just amazing to, to experience what is possible in the beginning. You know, 10 years from now, it's going to be the norm. So hopefully there's a way to reinvent it, keep it fresh. But right now to see it in its insurgence and its, its infancy and it's growing and it's bubbling and getting bigger and bigger. And they're doing these storylines that are, are, are first on mainstream. And you have the moment like on Monday night and Becky Lynch carried it through. There's so much that is happening that WrestleMania hasn't been potentially this exciting for a long time. And I'm sorry, man, but the women are going to steal the show at WrestleMania no matter what match it's in. They, they at least have to have a minimum of four matches. A minimum. And that's the two championship matches, two tag team matches or something, or a tag team and something or whatever. But they are going to outperform the men period. There's not a match I can book right now in my head that the women would do less than, even with a, a AJ Styles versus a Daniel Bryan or a Shinsuke or a Samoa Joe or 
or Seth Rollins. I mean, all of that would pale in comparison to a Becky Lynch versus Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey triple threat match. They would you know, it. it's funny you say that because I thought the same thing. I said, looking at the, you know, the women that you're going to have performing. And of course, I thought the Ronda Becky thing was going to be a thing that, okay, this is going to be a few for time, you know, where they're going to be taking jabs at each other, but it's going to be postponed a little bit, but the women are going to be, they're going to kill this. I love it. I'm I'm just, I'm that's what I'm geeked up for. I'm more geeked up to see the women. I'm not going to lie to you, man. If I had to book it, I would have Ronda drop the belt to Nia. And the only way that Ronda would get her rematch would be through the Royal Rumble, which would have Becky having a forfeit, unfortunately, um, before January because it's going to be too long and she'll be able to maintain or compete within the 30 days. That's why she would have to forfeit. She would be able to get a, you know, get a rematch or something, but she's just going to enter the Royal Rumble and say, I'm just going to beat all these chicks up. Then you're going to have the last two in the Royal Rumble be Ronda versus Becky. And that would be the battle to determine who's going to get the championship. You know, two ex-champions that were shafted or, or just had a bad run or just something going on. Ronda lost it to Nia because of interference from Tamina and Ember Moon. Hint, hint. And then Becky just had this issue that happened because of Nia. And that's the running theme that they would have Nia Jax. And that would help build Nia Jax as well as I'm the reason why she lost her belt and she lost her belt. I'm the baddest chick up in here because I've shucked the foundation of all of Raw and SmackDown. So she can build off of that and continue her longevity. And then the coin toss would go up in the air as to who would win. But we know the crowd favorite, if this was since we just had elections, who would win by the popular vote would be Becky Lynch because Ronda is, can't, she's, can't pale in comparison. She's just not in the league of pop of Becky Lynch right now. That's, that's true. Even when every time Ronda gets on the mic, everybody's chanting Becky. Yep. And it's crazy because it flipped real quick. It was Ronda Rousey and now Becky, Becky. It's like, Jesus. And you are just an MMA pioneer, and Becky is just hardcore, just gangster. She would have been phenomenal in ECW. I know Paul Heyman is probably thinking the same thing. If only I knew this young lass back then, if I would have met her on a plane when she was over there being a stewardess, I would have told you to bring your arse to Philly. (laughs) And speaking of arses, a.k.a. heel turns, Daniel Bryan, I called it heel 2.0, when he kicked or pulled a Shinsuke and kicked AJ Styles uh, with a low blow to win his championship. The first thing I thought was there was a moment that Daniel looked up and he looked like the Joker. He had that Joker-esque smile to him. And I was like, that is believable. If he can do that, and cut promos off of that and built off of that look, this heel turn will be, sorry, AJ, phenomenal. <laughs> uh, I, 
it's going to take me a minute to get used to Daniel Bryan being a heel because when you talk about a superstar being over, Daniel Bryan, even while he was away from the ring, was still over and was always mm-hmm. going to be over. Now he's taking his heel turn. It's going to take a minute to get used to. I'm sorry. He's going to have to do something he hasn't done in quite some time. He's going to have to change how he wrestles. He's going to have to go back to his indie flair so that way it's a different Daniel Bryan altogether. He can't do the yes kicks. He should call them the Miz kicks. Think about that dynamic. Mm. Miz took the yes kicks. Say, I'm doing the yes kicks. Now he's doing the Miz kicks. Heel took face move, face taking heel move. Then he's going to have to do everything different. He can keep the same finisher with the running knee, but everything is going to have to be different. And then in the midst of that, he is doing the yes chant as he does dirty deeds. So he will kick somebody in the nuts and then do yes. The crowd will boo, but that's the reaction you want because they can't chant that you just kicked AJ in the nuts again, you know, or Shinsuke or somebody, but he has to be universal. He needs to be, again, I keep referencing it because it was great when he did it, Kevin Owens being the heel of heels. So he was just out there just beating face and heel. Didn't matter, and he just beating them clean. Hey, uh, uh, Daniel Bryan's going to do it differently by beating faces and heels, but with low blows and eye gouges and whatever else it may be that you normally wouldn't expect the goody two-shoes Daniel Bryan. I wish you could catch a shot of him eating a burger. I, mean, I thought she was a vegan. Vegans are garbage. Yes, that. <laughs> you know, just all those different little things that you could do, and it would be a different person. It would be a different character. Think about Mick Foley. You, you know Do Love is totally different from Cactus Jack. Those are two clearly defined different characters. Same person, but two different characters. Sure. If they can do that for Daniel Bryan, then it'll be awesome. Mm. Sucks for the Miz because, again, it's postponing it because you know what happens. All the heels have to be cool when it comes down to certain situations, you know, face for face, heel for heel. So that puts that off. But then again, I still would have the Miz be like, I don't care if you're a bad guy. I still don't like you. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Mm. A lot of things. Yeah. A lot of things this week. Now, let's let's jump into the Survivor Series because the, the whole scene and changed. Yep. We had two matches. The landscape was totally different. So we're just going to go in order of just randomness. So <laughs> we talked about it. Ronda Rousey now versus Charlotte. You picked Ronda. Yes. So we'll see if you keep Ronda. I picked Becky, but now it's Charlotte. So are you still keeping Ronda? Yes, I am. All right. I am jumping ship and taking Ronda. And the reason why is storyline purposes. If Charlotte wins, that will diminish everything that just happened for Becky Lynch. If Charlotte loses, Becky Lynch has another beef. So we've got Charlotte again, Ronda, and Nia Jax. Mm. That's a lot. That's 
three years, truthfully, worth of longevity you can milk from that. Three years of storyline that you can build from those three superstars right there. So it's in best interest of Becky's career for Charlotte to lose. Yeah, I agree with that. That's all I can say. But I, I see it more along the lines of this. Charlotte loses to Ronda tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Okay, Monday, Ronda's thumping her chest and everything. Okay. Tuesday comes. Becky comes out, cuts a promo, belt over her shoulder, talk about how uh, Charlotte let uh, SmackDown, you know, let them down. The women come out. They kind of sort of get ready to gang up on, on Charlotte and all of a sudden the ladies from Raw show up. Now they mm-hmm. invade SmackDown and we got another battle royal with nobody getting hit in the face this time. But you got the ladies from Raw coming over to SmackDown to invade and pay them back. I see that. I see that. Yeah, it, 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 can, it can spawn somewhere, but we are in agreement. So that's one that I won't be beating you on. We'll be tied. That's good. You picked Ronda because you already knew it was, it was Ronda. I mean, I picked Ronda last <laughs> week. Yeah, I know you picked Ronda last week. You didn't catch that <laughs> L last week. You knew what was coming. When you saw Monday, you was like, oops, uh, maybe you changed the pick. I know you did. <laughs> Look, I, I've, been, I've been watching Becky, and I'm like, Geez, I don't know. Ronda might be, be be a little tough here, you know. Becky told her, "Yeah, I'm the man." You talking about yeah. you the baddest bitch, and I'm about to make you mine. Oh, oh, oh! It set my soul on fire. That this hardcore, hard. You can't. I think they're not writing this. They are really saying this stuff between the two of them. Well. Ronda may be a little bit scripted, but yeah. Becky is just coming off the top. She's just fed up and just, I'm a real G right now, period. Oh, it, it might be one of those things that, you know, hey, what do you think about this? Oh, no, say this about me. You know, one of those type texts. No, go all the way in. and Because it's mm-hmm. even, it's spilled out of the ring onto social media. Oh, yeah, that, that Twitter beef is, is through the roof. And I'm loving it because. Through the roof. You don't have to break kayfabe. You can keep it going, and it keeps it interesting. Yep. And it's still hardcore but respectful at the same time. Yep. Like, you know, it's it's almost the equivalent of what you would see in boxing or MMA where you're right there at the weigh-in, and they're talking trash, going back and forth, and they're nose-to-nose, and people are in between them, save it for the ring, save it for the ring, and that's what you're getting without, you know, somebody like Conor McGregor talking trash and getting then getting his ass whipped. But <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't have those issues. And speaking of butt whippings, we now have Daniel Bryan, who used to be AJ Styles, and you had AJ Styles pick versus the beast, the destroyer, the dominator, Brock Lesnar, who I picked because it's Brock Lesnar. Now it's Daniel Bryan. Do you want to drop onto the Suplex City train? Sign me up for that train to <laughs> Suplex City. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Daniel, you're catching that L. I'm sorry. 
there's nothing you can do, Daniel Bryan. You're going to run up and try that knee, and Brock's going to be like, Nia, what the hell is this? Let me grab you and show you how to make the exit onto the concrete because I'm going to throw you beyond the guardrail. That's how that suplex is going to go. Like, Jesus, Brock, don't kill Daniel Bryan. His neck isn't that good. Just came back, but uh, I think, to be quite honest, DB is in a little too far over his head in this one. Mm-hmm. This was WrestleMania. He would have a shot because they would tell him we're going to have to stretch this match out. But Survivor Series, no, you're catching that L, dog. Quickly, you're catching that L. Mm. Quickly. And AJ Styles may run in and then kick him in the nuts. Either way, he's catching that L. It's going to be an ugly suplex city. I'm calling that. He's probably going to get up to 10. Daniel Brown will catch about 10 suplexes. Let me write that down. <laughs> 10 suplexes. Get so ready, we... Paul Heyman. 10 fingers. 10 tosses. <clears throat> Speaking of tosses, Seth Rollins, Shinsuke, we both had Shinsuke Nakamura for the obvious Dean Ambrose run-in. Yeah. Want to change? No, or, sir. Yep. That stays the same. <laughs> So now we get into the actual Survivor Series traditional elimination matches. So on the women's side for Raw, we got Mickey James, Nia Jax, Tamina, Natalia, and Ruby Riot. If Natty actually shows up um, and doesn't just fight with Ruby in the back and they do some substitutions, which I think may happen, against the SmackDown side of Carmella, Naomi, Sonya Deville, Asuka, and still one other person. So what's your thoughts? I'm going to take the Raw women in this one. And the only reason why I'm going to take the Raw women because exactly what you just said is going to happen. Ruby and Natty are going to get into it. Now, I'm thinking two that... eliminations. Right. Ember Moon will be one to replace. And now who will be the number five is the question. Because no matter how, uh, much, how bad I want to see um, it... Oh, gosh. Alicia Fox. Uh you are the weakest link. Goodbye. But I'm going to go with SmackDown. Hey, Carmella. Hey, girl. <laughs> Reason why I say that is for what you just alluded to was Natty and Ruby going to cancel each other out. If you put Ember Moon in, Ember is going to cancel out Tamina and Nia, which is going to leave potentially Alicia Fox and Mickey James. Oscar is going to take out Alicia Fox and Mickey James, or Naomi is going to take out uh, Alicia Fox, and then Oscar is going to take out Mickey James. Mm. But if they if they go with Ember Moon, I love to see Ember Moon and Oscar go at it. Oh God! Once again, yeah, that I would think take over glory right there. That right there would be something beautiful to see. I, I the the. The the dedication to the craft and Ember Moon is just every week she's just getting better and better and better mm-hmm. and better. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. dedication, hard work and just being oh so lovely. Um, I think you going to go there, man. You had to creep it out, man. She, hey, she, she her, her I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> her I just wasn't going to be the first one. 
<laughs> oh, you know I'm going to go there. You know I'm going like, to go there. Dang it, Amber, you're hot. All right. I think she's married now. I don't know. She had a ring on the other day. So, or she could be engaged. We'll find out. It's only temporary. So, we got the men's side of things. On the raw side, we've got Dolph, Drew, Braun, Finn, and the Bobby of the Lashley versus on the SmackDown side, the Miz, the best in the world, Shane O'Mac. Oh, Lord. This is 619 Rey Mysterio, my brother Nero, Jeff Hardy, and Samoa Joe. I am just going to throw a coin up in the air and be like, I don't really care about any of these matches and let it drop down. For storyline purposes, Braun has to win so that way he can get what he wants out the deal. And that would nullify Shane being the best in the world. Hmm. So I'm going to have to go with Team Raw. Okay. What about you? Uh, to be quite honest, I'm not even thinking storyline-wise. I'm thinking because it's the boss's son and he is the best in the world, I mean, and plus you got Samoa Joe. I think it's going to come down to <sighs> Samoa Joe and Shane, and they're going to wind up eliminating almost everybody. So give me SmackDown men. Because mm-hmm. if Raw women win, SmackDown women, I mean, SmackDown men are not, uh, are not going to lose. Yeah. So now we got a tag match. This is an easy one. Got AOP, the Office of Pain, versus The Bar with the Big Show. <laughs> we both picked the obvious pick because of uh, 976, The Big Show. So we picked The Bar because I know AOP is big, but Drake Maverick is little. So what the heck can he do when The Big Show can knee him and knock him out? Just pop his knee and just knock the fool out. So Drake is a non-factor. So the bar is who we had, and I'm sticking with that. What about you? Of course I'm going to stick with the bar. I mean, you got a one of the biggest X factors in sports entertainment. You got mm-hmm. a giant. <laughs> I, can't, I can't go against that. And then AOP, I like their rough style, kind of re- reminiscent of the Road Warriors. But uh, yeah, you're not nothing for the bar. That's a that's a machine. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the Road Warriors, I would love to see the Road Warriors in their prime. I'm talking AWA Road Warriors when dudes were packing bags and getting out of town when they found out they had to face them. Don't worry about paying me. I don't need to be paid. I'm gone. That's right. Versus the bar. I think that right there would be a hell of a tag match. But I think the bar would earn uh, Road Warriors' respect. They would yeah, earn their they, respect. They would take it. Cesaro and Sheamus, they could, they could take some potatoes and give them back. I agree. And speaking of potatoes, which is pretty much everybody, this is the only same promotion match, which is the uh, 205 Live Championship, which is Buddy Murphy versus Mustafa Ali. Just in general, I'm going with Buddy Murphy because I don't think Ali is the, the next strong contender for the 205 Live Championship. 
really need to call up Ricochet and have him take that belt now. But we'll see how that plays out. But uh, what do you think? I agree with you. Because I'm just I'm, – I'm, I'm not not a fan of Ali. It's not a not, – and I guess that's a more personal than business, but I don't think he's beating Buddy Murphy. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's happening. And then we go to the pre-show, which is the uh, the tag battle royal. So on the raw side, we got Rude and Gable, the Revival, the B Team, Lucha House Party, and the Ascension. Versus on the SmackDown side, the Usos, the New Day, Sanity, Gallows and Anderson, and the Cologne, just because they're there. This is like the most obvious, obvious win, period. I don't even have to say it. But I'm just going to say it anyway, just because we have to. SmackDown's winning this one. <laughs> it's just, I mean, really, you have the Usos and the New Day. That's all you need right there. Pretty much. <laughs> you could throw in the craziness of sanity. Uh, but, yeah, just the Usos and the New Day is enough star power to whip up on all of Raw. And Sorry. Once you said Usos, my mind just went, when I say ooh, you say oh. Yeah, that's what the Raw side saying. It's like, oh, snap, we lost this, didn't we? Like, yeah. Okay, well, let's just try to make it look good. So I'm assuming you're going team uh, down. Yes, sir. All right, so – we have one, two, two matches that will determine the winner. And ironically, it's the men's and women's <laughs> Survivor Series matches. So we'll have to see how this balances out because everything else we agreed upon. So there could be a wiener or that could be just me who's guaranteed to win. So here we go. I, should there be a change? I mean, there's no I, need for a change. Should I face turn and be like, well, I think KG is deserving. Nah, I can't even finish it. I can't finish it. We See? <laughs> See? It's the thing, though. I'm telling you. Now, we, 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 we said the women are going to put on the show. But them raw women, you got too much. And now this is just the what we're looking at right now. You got too much going on with Naya, Tamina, Ruby Riot. Those three right there. That's all I need. I could take those three right there alone. And I go in the battle against the whole SmackDown roster. Minus Becky. Oh, yeah. You could with Naya, Tamina, and Ruby. But the problem is you've got Natty. Battling, it's just a battle fest, and it's all internal. That's the problem. It's all internal. They can't be focused because, well, the only one that's going to be focused is my real boo, Mickey James, who's out there still putting in work, despite you know how long she's been in the game, still able to do moves better than Trish, better than Lita, and really better than most of the roster. Most of the time, Mickey is actually looking better than Natty, who's a product of the Heart Dungeon. I'm sorry. Mickey's putting in work. True indeed. So she's the only one 
if she gets eliminated first, you know how this is going. Raw has lost. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. Uh, first one's out the door is Mickey. Uh, and Carmella. Dang, both my booze, man. Dang it. Dang it all the heck. I may not even watch that match now, man. I'm going to try. I know this week it was a a elongated one, but you you couldn't bottle up everything that happened in this tremendous week without giving it the time that it deserves to appreciate the awesome unfortunateness of what happened. That's not even the word, but awesome unfortunateness of what happened to Becky Lynch and how that one moment in time, one accident in time, has made her into really the baddest chick on the roster. You had Daniel Bryan heel turning in a strong way. You've had NXT take over war games with two matches of the night, four groups of people that deserve it of being called up very soon, very soon, very soon. I mean, what else happened, man? There's just so much that that's that's going down this week to to recap. It it is it deserved all the time in the world. I'm sorry. Great t-shirts this week. Elias exploding. Paul Heyman doing his thing. Yeah. Nakamura unable to speak. <laughs> People getting murdered in the ring. Thank you Brock Lesnar when he was destroying the Singh brothers. Uh, Ember Moon, almost like the one-man gang out there. Freaking Drew McIntyre cutting the promo of all promos, selling everything to show that he's just the baddest man on the planet. And last but not least, you know, Stephanie was killing it in her jacket. Damn good week. (laughs) Indeed it was. So now I'll turn it over to you to tell them all the ways that they can listen to us next week and hear exactly how I beat you two to one. Oh, if you think that Don's going to beat me, I would say yeah, hell me. yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness. Uh, okay. Get his right Don't forget here. anything. I won't. I got all right <laughs> this show can be heard right here on Anchor FM. Radio Public Breaker, Castbox, Google Play, uh, Google Play Music, and Google Play Podcast, Apple iTunes in the podcast section, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Spotify, Spot Ch- uh, Spot Chaser, Spotify, Pod Chaser, and Podbean. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, Sideline Junkies, on Instagram, Sideline Junkies, Facebook, Sideline Junkies colon Podcast. Email sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com and sidelinejunkies.com. We are up and running. Uh, Tomorrow, we got something special, which is Sunday. Sideline Junkies won't be coming with a podcast early in the morning. We coming with straight video. We will be on site, live and direct from FedEx Field tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Stay tuned to Sideline Junkies on YouTube. On Instagram Live, uh, and we're going to do Instagram videos, Facebook videos, everything. 
stay tuned for that because we got it all lined up. I'm tuned too because I'm be looking for some junkie t-shirts out in the crowd. <laughs> and that's another thing. Look out for those junkie t-shirts because we got them. I'm loving it. Happy about that. I'm going to put on my t-shirt, I'm going to add a little tagline that says hashtag still beating KG. I think that that will just put it over the top. See, just like that, you already lost. <laughs> what you going to do, brother? <laughs> <laughs> you want to add hashtags and you haven't even won yet. I'm, I'm, I'm already good. I got you. Are you cutting the promo on me right now? Are you cutting yeah. the promo? Hey. You think you know the answers, then I change the questions. Oh, man. Oh, man. You're going Piper on me. What, what, what's going on up in here? Cutting promos. We didn't even have that segment this week. We had so much stuff. Why you always got to be trying to cause some trouble? Yeah, one job. Just tell them where to hear how I would win. Now you got to cut promos. Hey, I just I, – I had to do it. I, I couldn't leave without doing it, but I'm not taking no L's this week at all, so. I'll be nice to you next week. Hey, we got to see what's going to happen because, you know, the, 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 the first Raw and SmackDown after a pay-per-view, it's always uh, – it's 2019 – well, 2018 going to 2019. It's always lit, so. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm, I'm waiting on. I still smell the CM Punk. Book it for WrestleMania or the Rumble. Hey, when it happens, don't say he didn't say it. Give Don a chance. Hashtag it. Hashtag it. Pound it. Put in your Rolodex. Do your rotary phone. Call up Stanford. Just find a way. Send him an old-fashioned letter and just put on the front. Really, y'all? Not yet. And then on the inside... Not yet, not yet. And what the hell is he talking about? I don't know. And then pound sideline junkie. <laughs> <laughs> and I will be tweeting out to Miss Becky Lynch. Broken nose equals broken bones. Irish lash kicker. That... Tell, him to bu- tell him to make that shirt. I will buy it now. After I get my over t-shirt for <laughs> Velveteen Dream. <laughs> My God, I can't believe it, man. That was an awesome shirt. Like, you got me, dude. You got me. Well, that's all our time we got. Um, Take the next week or so to remember to walk with Elias. (laughs) I'm not saying anything. I can't believe we just ended with that. I can't believe it. Really? That's how you – that's your ending? Walk with Elias? God. You know what? I'll go with it. I'll go with it. I'm 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 going I'm going to get a stool and I'm just going to sit in the middle of my living room every week. I'm going to do me a good old Elias promo and then just, I'm just going to get it. Just put it on sidelinejunkies.com. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Right next to the tally board and then you be like, "Hello. I still haven't beat the Don ring." <laughs> and that's how we'll go from there. Oh, man. All right. It's 118. And we just had an awesome fire show. 
don't forget Survivor Series is tomorrow. What it starts seven o'clock tomorrow. Seven p.m. Pre-show starting at six thirty. So, hey, WWE Network, get it. You can watch that. You can watch it on your phone, laptop. You can uh, Google Chromecast to the TV. Get it done. Make sure you do it. Get you an Xbox One X and catch in that true 4K. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So behind, I need to go get me an Xbox One X. You do, because when you see Naya and uh, Ember and true 4K, yeah, you'll probably have like three more kids. Oh boy, yeah, I'm. I got. I got. I got to get me a, a little room set up for that. <laughs> I hear that, but get your behind off this daggone podcast, so that way you can get ready. To represent the junkies tomorrow and uh, do it up right, my friend. It's game day. So, with that being said, good night to the Don because he is glorious. Oh, well, thank you, sir. I guess that makes you awesome. Hell of a way to end the show. I love it. I love it. So, We'll be back with wrestling next week, but stay tuned for the Sideline Junkies on every social media platform we own, sidelinejunkies.com. We're going to do it up big later on in the day. Y'all have a good night. Good night, all.